Welcome to Beyond Medicine. My name is Rami Webby. I'm the host of the podcast. I'm a physician with a particular interest in healthcare innovation, building a better healthcare experience, and overall health and well-being. In this podcast, we bring you inspiring leaders from across the medical landscape to help us build a better medicine and lead a better life. We hope you enjoy. Before we jump into the podcast, just a word from our partner, Podium. Podium is a text messaging app or solution that basically simplifies and makes a better experience between you and your patients. So if you're a private practice owner, uh, this is something that you definitely want to check out because it will make the experience for your patients a million times better. It's basically just communication directly as a text message to your patients, and they can communicate back to you, which goes to a centralized portal that's super simple and super organized, and it just makes for very clear communication. You can send out appointments, you can ask for reviews, which get uploaded directly to Google, by the way. Um, you can ask for payments, and it's something you really have to try and see to really understand. So check it out at podium.com forward slash beyond. Once again, it's podium.com forward slash B-E-Y-O-N-D. Let me know what you guys think. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Saya Nagori, who's an ophthalmologist, founder of femhealthproject.com, and the co-founder of simplehealth.com. Dr. Sai is a digital health executive who's passionate about telehealth and innovation in healthcare, and she's widely known in the health tech space for her early work in telemedicine and in increasing access to healthcare through innovative patient solutions. In 2015, Dr. Nagori created the first telemedicine eye exam, and since then, her company Simple Health, which is previously known as Simple Contacts, has grown from a team of three to a team of over 70 people who are passionate about increasing access to birth control and reproductive health care. Fem Health was founded by Dr. Nagori in 2019 to educate and empower individuals through evidence-based information direct from doctors. This free resource and physician community is helping to stamp out misinformation in medicine so people have a place to find information with ease and confidence. As you can tell, Dr. Saya has accomplished a lot, and I have to work on introductions. So without further ado, I will introduce the incredible and insightful and amazing, I don't know, I need to use better words, Dr. Saya. Welcome, Dr. Saya Nagori. It's a pleasure to have you on here. I've been in Clubhouse groups with you. I've heard you talk about all the fantastic things you've done in the entrepreneurial space and realm. And uh, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself. And uh, I have a lot of questions for you today. So prepare. <laughs> awesome. No, right. Uh, Rami, correct? Rami, Rami, yeah. Rami, Rami, like Rami noodles. That's usually okay. how I get everybody to remember. Okay, awesome. No, uh, Rami, thanks for having me. I love talking about medicine and entrepreneurship in medicine and digital health. So my background is I am an ophthalmologist. I finished up my training in 2014. I did a glaucoma fellowship out in Detroit. When I moved back to New York, I just always was sort of interested in the entrepreneurial innovation space. I always felt like healthcare could be improved. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. And um, just started trying things that I thought would be helpful to the system and tried a few things that didn't work out. And then eventually met, um, you know, my two co-founders for Simple Health, which actually started as an eye care company called simplecontacts.com. Uh, we are now simplehealth.com and was talking to them and basically 
one of the, one of my co-founders was, was like, Hey, I want to renew my contact lenses and they don't change year over year. So can you just, you know, renew my prescription online? And I was like, well, it's not quite that simple. You know, that's me just writing out prescriptions would be illegal, but I can definitely help you design an online exam that would be appropriate for uh, telemedicine use. And then we can sort of see uh, where we go from there. And then Ryan Quigley, who's our chief technical officer and uh, uh, also was uh, present there at the time um, was the one who built out the app for the first time. And it was a four-part exam. One was a history, one was a um, symptomatology, excuse me, one was a symptom questionnaire and then two video uploads. So one was a video upload of the front part of the eye and then another was a distance detection uh, algorithm slash test that would flash a visual acuity chart when the patient was at 10 feet away. So um, it was all asynchronous, so the patient was prompted to complete the exam on their own time. It would then get uploaded to me. Uh, I was the only doctor at the time. I had a lot of licenses. I have 15 now, but I think I had four or five at the time. And so I was seeing all the patients, and that's really how we got started. In the first year or two, we were maybe three people, then four people, then six, then 10. And then we it really started taking off. And um, about two years ago, we added in women's health and reproductive care and just wanted to offer more things that we could do remotely for patients. And about 12 months ago, decided that we had sort of reached our limit in what we could do in eye care. So we actually ended up sort of stopping the eye care side of things. And we have doubled down in women's health. And we're sort of really expanding and building on that space because it just makes a lot of sense. It's also a space that's still underrepresented, even though there's so many new companies popping up in that space, there's still room. I think that there's a lot of people and um, out there that need that kind of care, reproductive care, uh, reproductive access. So we do birth control. We also do other types of reproductive care as well, but our our main thing at present is birth control prescriptions. And, well, evaluations for birth control and then subsequently uh, birth control prescriptions. So yeah, that is Simple Health. And then Fem Health is something that I started about a year and a half ago that is just some, is a passion project of mine. I feel like the access to great information direct from doctors is really lacking. There's just not a great um, place that people can go to get really good information from doctors. Uh, there's a lot of places to get information, but it's not Dr. Google. Yeah, it's not necessarily the information you want or you want your patients reading. So I just want to cut out the middleman, right? So I have a community of over God, three thousand doctors. And I have about 200 that regularly contribute to Fem Health, and they are also passionate about spreading information that is based in evidence. Uh, and that's not to say that you know Fem Health is not about holistic medicine. I mean, we certainly are, but it's certainly not about let's use a vitamin to cure cancer, right? I mean, we all should be on a multivitamin. We all should be aware of the benefits of holistic medicine and lifestyle changes and diet and exercise and all those things that really matter. But also we don't want people to think that there are treatments that can solve very serious problems that aren't rooted in real medicine, because that's why real medicine exists. That's why, you know, hundreds of years have been put into evidence-based science and medicine. So we can have a COVID vaccine, right? Yeah. Like 
there's just so many examples in modern day that show us why we need doctors leading the charge here when it comes to healthcare information distribution. So I know you're a physician, so I know I'm speaking to an audience that understands where I'm coming from. And I just think it's really important. So that is Fem Health. It's uh, growing. It's it's fantastic. I'm so excited about all the things that we have planned. I We have so many free events. We do have a few paid events as well, but generally we try to keep everything free or extremely low cost. Um, so many, so many amazing doctors involved. Um, always looking for doctors to collaborate with. So if anyone listening is interested in women's health and wants to be featured on our Instagram page or on our website. Um, we do get a lot of traction on our website, so please feel free to reach out to me. So that is Fem Health, and um, and then I also um, I love teaching people how to how to be in healthcare, how to be a healthcare entrepreneur. So I also started my own private practice. I still practice clinically two days a week, and um, it's been a really rewarding experience to open up my own practice. I still do digital health and telemedicine visits as well. So that's something that I do a little less frequently and it's more just, I get, I got asked for it a lot. So I decided to just develop a program for it. And so I do that um, very small scale, only, you know, a few students every few months. And that's just for anyone who's interested in launching a company, launching your own private practice and, um, you know, learning from my mistakes and my successes. Well, well, it sounds like you do a lot and it sounds um, like how many hours do you have in a day again? <laughs> I don't sleep, but that's okay because my son who was born 10 months ago took all hope of sleep out. So uh-huh. now I'm just completely <laughs> accepted that um, I'm just going to be awake a lot, which is fine. I actually sort of oddly thrive on you know, <laughs> not getting a lot of rest. I don't recommend it, but yeah. Um, I was a poor sleeper to begin with. So now I just have more stuff to do during my awake hours. Were you, see, so I'm sense, I'm getting a sense of this entrepreneurial spirit. Was this something that you were always, was, that was always a part of you? I mean, were you always, you know, as a medical student or a resident interest, like, did you know you were going to start a company and be wildly successful and <laughs> well the wildly successful is still tbd but mm. um well also it's how you measure success right like i'm 4 p.m i haven't showered and um you know i'm doing a podcast so i think i'm doing okay for today i think i would probably done better if i had showered and worked out but <laughs> you know i think you're doing is, fine success is in the mind of who you talk to but i do have a you know i have a family and i have friends and i you know i'm happy so i think for me, yes, I, I have been successful in, in my life. But um, I, it's interesting that you asked that question. When I was in high school, I used to just organize these like dances for South Asian cultural events. And I would put them together and I would teach people the dances. And I was always that person that was organizing. So I guess I didn't really know it was anything entrepreneurial. And when I went to college, I started a dance troupe there because there was no outlet for Indian dance. And that's what I grew up doing. Um, So I was like, oh, well, I should just create one. And so again, I, again, didn't realize that was entrepreneurial. Um, So I guess it was in some ways always in me to break the mold and do things that were different. Uh, I guess I just never saw myself as an entrepreneur because you get on that track, right? So after college, I went to med school and I mean, frankly, I didn't really have time to do much else, right? Besides study and um, 
during med school, my mom actually developed pancreatic cancer and ended up having a Whipple. So um, my personal life really consumed me um, a lot during my first and second year um, and and, and my third year because it was a very long recovery for her. And uh, she thankfully is still alive today um, because most people do not survive um, pancreatic cancer. So she is definitely... um, a lucky person and we are lucky obviously as well. Uh, so yeah, I think I didn't really have that rekindled until I had time to breathe again, which was after fellowship. Wow. Oh, so this, I mean, I, number one, I'm s- sorry uh, about to hear that about your mother. I'm sure like, in, in, I mean, medical school is hard enough as it is. I can't imagine having to go through that as well at that time. It was crazy, but I, I will say I feel so lucky that she had such a crazy diagnosis and she's alive like years yeah. later she's alive because that's really i mean you know the rates for survival of yeah. that and it's just not yeah. good so um so yes i i appreciate your sympathy um but i i also am just i'm very grateful so um yeah it was it was, a, it was an interesting time <laughs> yeah so you know going and starting this new this company that you started um and, you know, did you have a vision or was it something you kind of stumbled into and it progressively kind of grew? Yeah. Interesting that you asked that as well, because no, I didn't have a vision. I was just frustrated with healthcare. I was just like, this is not good. You know, and I tried a couple other things. I actually tried a glasses startup, which failed miserably. And there's just a lot of was that before this or after this was before simple contacts oh so it was before so you had already dabbled in the space a little bit yeah by dabbled i had you know done it myself i put up a website and you know got no traction and you know i had Mm -hmm. a few meetings and i met with a distributor and i mean i was doing all sorts of just things that weren't working but was this right out of practice like or right out of residency Right out of fellowship. I was right. I was in a practice. I was working at the time. So I was just kind of doing it on the weekends and nights. And, you know, you need time, obviously, to start something that's going to be successful. You need some experience and knowledge or you need to have a partner that has that, um, which is why I think when I met Joel and Ryan, it was a recipe for success because we all brought different things to the table. And, um, and, you know, frankly, I had no, I had no money, you know, I had very little money. Um, I was paying off my loans and I just graduated from fellowship. So yeah, I had no money. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I couldn't really put any money aside into a venture uh, when I was still in h- literally hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. So um, it just wasn't the right recipe for success. And so now I know sort of what I need and I have a very clear picture when I want to start something or when someone asks me to be involved in something. I have a very, it's very easy for me now in most cases to get a very clear picture of, all right, this is what you need to test it. This is what I need in terms of how much money this is going to take. Just some rough ideas. And then I can make a informed call on whether I want to be involved or whether I want to lead a certain project um, because unfortunately there's people out there that have amazing ideas and they have no idea how to execute it. Um, I get a lot of, um, messages on social media that are like, oh, I have this great idea. Can I run it by you? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, oh, will you sign an NDA? And I really don't <laughs> sign it. I don't sign it. Oh my NDAs. God. That's like the worst thing you could ask someone. So I don't, I don't sign NDAs because 
as you know, everyone has an idea, right? Like yeah. people, ideas are a dime, a, a dime a dozen. And um, I think that I used to be like that. You know, I used to be very protective of my ideas until I sort of realized that it doesn't really matter how many ideas you have. You have to try it and test it. And, um, you know, yeah. even then it still may not even be something that's worthwhile pursuing. So that is just... Um, something that you learn with time, I think, and experience. So yeah, I guess the long-winded answer to your question is that, no, I didn't really know, uh, but I knew I wanted to do something. And then when I got passionate about certain things that I felt like would be helpful, that also, you know, were things that I also felt like I would be in a good resource in terms of helping to develop, the pieces started to fit together. And that just took a lot of hitting the ground, meeting people, knowing what my personal strengths were, continuing to mm-hmm. cultivate them and trying to just, you know, go outside my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, and you know, the skills that it takes to be an entrepreneur or a successful entrepreneur and start a business are really kind of, uh, not the skills you learn going through training. Um, were these things you just picked up along the way, um, as you were gaining experience or were you like studying, learning, uh, reading business books and doing anything like that? Like, how are you catching up to the curve? Yeah, I wasn't in the beginning, you know, I was just trying to learn from what I saw. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I really started putting a lot of time, energy and money into learning more things. So I do believe in a lot of courses, books. I love audiobooks. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I also will read books sometimes too. It's just a little bit harder. I have a very long commute to my office. So Audible is always a great thing for me. And, um, I do a lot of courses, so I will, um, I've registered for a lot of online courses. I really try to finish them because it's actually a pretty high rate of people that register for courses that don't actually end up doing them. So I I do a lot of learning and I'm a big advocate for that because if someone's out there that can teach you to do what you want to do for a few thousand dollars or, you know, however much money it is, I think you have to think about like, how much is this going to save me in the long run, right? Like when, when you're an entrepreneur and you start to outsource something, unless it's like exorbitantly priced in terms of like, you know, if it's contract work, that's exorbitantly priced. Okay. Maybe you don't want to do that, but you know, I, I hire out a lot of things now for fem health because I value my time at a thousand dollars an hour. So if it's going to take me 30 minutes to do something, that's $500 in my mind of my time, mm-hmm. right? And if I can find a contract person to do it for $50 an hour, that's a win. Like that's a win, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think then it's hard to think like that because the money's going out. Um, so I think that's hard to think like that. But, um, yeah. you know, same thing with getting, it's like getting a good lawyer, right? Like, yeah, you may have to pay extra, but if they're going to save you thousands of dollars in the long run, like you should get a good lawyer, you know? So I think that's a really hard thing um, that I had to learn was seeing the value in something um, and, and sort of just accepting that, okay, there, there's going to be an investment here on my part in order to sort of get optimal results. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I believe in that too. And there's so much you can learn from other people. I, I try to find mentors that have, that are doing what I'm doing and know things that I don't know, because I know 
Um, because I'm the kind of person, and this has been my downfall that I'll try to figure everything out on my own and I'll try not to ask for help and I'll try to like, just figure it out. Like, I just want to be able to figure it out because I also like knowing the details about everything. So like, mm -hmm. even if I end up outsourcing something later, I still want to do it myself and know at least something about it. Like, like for example, my, my website, I did it all myself, but I could have probably saved myself a ton of headache if I just got someone to do it. <laughs> but, yeah. but at the same time, I like want to know how, like, I want to know how my website works, you know, but I'm learning slowly that there are some things that are better left to a professional and that you should um, find people that are doing something that you want to be doing. Like for me right now, working on a startup, I'm trying to find people that are, that have built startups because I know I'm going to save myself a ton of heartache and headache uh, because I'm going to make a lot of mistakes that that if I had someone in my corner, they probably could have steered me away from those mistakes. And, you know, that's I think that's the value. In, in, and I guess like in a course or doing something like that, you know, you, you know, there's a there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, I think time is more precious than money to me now. So. Yeah, that's how I view it. How, yeah, because like in residency, you value your time at like twelve fifty an hour. Yeah, right? maybe less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over an eighty-hour week. That's about what it averages yeah. out to. Um, and then you know, then you can uh, you know, value your time a little bit more. Um, how did and you also, get that? like? Let's think about not just not just a price comparison, right? But like at a thousand dollars an hour, right? Let's say you're a physician, you value your time at a thousand dollars an hour and, but you're not a copywriter or you're not a designer, right? So, okay, maybe that contract work is going to cost you a hundred bucks, but that hundred bucks, not only is it money well spent because it's going to take an hour of your time. So you're actually saving $900, but mm -hmm. also they're probably going to do a better job than you, exactly. right? So exactly. that's also the other advantage that, you know, they do what they do well, right? Like not, not just maybe throwing something together on Canva. Not that I have any problem with that. I just did that earlier today. I but literally was just doing that before we. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> but there are times when if I need like a marketing flyer put together, sometimes it's just easier for me to send it to somebody because yeah. like, I've got Fiverr. It's like literally for under $10, oh, you can get a pretty nice flyer, uh, flyer made. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's just about balance. Um, sometimes it's about speed. Like sometimes if I want, I need something done right away, then I just have to do it myself. Right. I can't even, yeah. I don't even have the time to outsource it because I, I need a result, but yeah. So yeah. those are sort of all the things that I do. And there's probably a few things that I'm missing. I do advise for a few companies as well. Um, but yeah. So how does someone become like you? Like, how do you, what do you, how do you get to doing how do you get to be an entrepreneur how do you get what if you have a startup idea and you think that you know you want to start it but you have no idea anything about business and you don't know how to you don't even know where to start like what do you do yeah that's a great question i think that you have to really sit down and think about how much you want to invest not not just money but time um, your sanity, <laughs> your, uh, current livelihood, uh, cause it, it's all going to take uh, an investment in, in, in many different ways, right? It's not just a monetary investment. It's going to take a lot of investing. And, um, and then if you're ready to do that, I would say just start, right? Like try to test your idea 
try to get a website up. Um, don't be too afraid of telling people your idea, right? Like don't start doing things that are going to hinder progress. So if there's someone who you think would be really valuable to get their insight from, like don't make them sign an NDA. Like unless yes. you think they're a really horrible person and, and they actually have the means and yeah. interest to steal your idea. Um, most no people don't. Steal, yeah. Most people don't, right? Like, I mean, I'm doing 90 things and like, I have no time to take someone's yeah. idea. I got 20 ideas of my own that I haven't done yet, right? Like they're yeah. like next. Yeah, if anybody like, wants to take my idea and run with it, please go ahead. Cause yeah. I've been like three weeks into this and I'm like, well, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a huge, it's like well, an idea means nothing unless you can actually execute and pull it off and, and you know, actually be committed enough and go through the ups and downs that it's going to take to be successful. Like yeah, so. and you're going to pivot a lot too, right? So like you may have an idea and people may tell you it's great and you may actually do it and then it may not be profitable. It may not actually, you may you may end up with different results than you expected, even mm -hmm. if everyone told you oh, this is going to be an amazing idea, right? I, I see ideas and hear ideas all the time that I think are going to be amazing and then it just doesn't yeah. do well, right? Yeah. So. So that's, that would be my advice is to really just do more than say, right? Like you can talk about stuff as much as you want, but you have to just sit down and start doing things to um, push forward. Um, I, you can also message me on Instagram. I'm at dr.saya and I can give you the link for our class and you're more than welcome to, we do it a few times a year, myself and Dr. Andrea Paul, we do it you know, anywhere from four to four to five times uh, in a calendar year. So you can always message me and I can send you the link to that. But yeah, I mean, I think doing, you know, doing is more important. Talk is cheap, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you just gotta yeah. do it. I, I actually like for me, I, I tell everybody like what I'm doing. Um, it's maybe like a bad strategy, but somehow I always get connected to the right people by doing that because someone, that. someone connects with my idea and they're like, and like, for me, I'm like, all right, like I'm the person that's going to be able to do this. So like anybody else can go ahead and try it. You, you can run with it if you want, honestly, it's fine. Um, but like, and who's to say there's yeah. not space for more than one idea. I mean, more yeah. than one player with the same idea. Right. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of people out there doing similar things and everyone yeah. has their own niche and, you know, Uber and Lyft are both yeah. the same idea. They're both pretty well-known companies, yeah. you know, but yeah. they have a different spin on it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think that the competition validates you. I think being a physician too brings also like a unique element. Like any, if you're a physician doing some kind of healthcare startup, I think you bring a particular, like, like I think that adds a lot of value to you right off the bat because you're already, you know, entrenched in the problems in healthcare, you're, you know, you know, your title carries some weight, people automatically assume that that's, uh, you know, you're someone that they can trust. And, um, you know, you have a level of dedication, and uh, you're able to get things done to some degree. So like you combine that with an entrepreneurial spirit, and you have an idea, like, you don't really have to worry about someone stealing your idea. And just the, if very few physicians are going to go and like, be like, yeah, I'm going to give up my job and go and pursue this startup idea that this guy just <laughs> told me about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I honestly, like uh, telling people, telling everybody what I'm wanting to do or my idea, like whether it be with this podcast or what I'm working on now, it's like they connect you to people, they have ideas, they, you know, you never know who you'll get connected to because some person thought you had a great idea and they knew another person that's a good person for you to talk to. Yeah. Warm introductions. There's nothing like it, right? You get a warm introduction or you know someone somehow, that's a really good way of just getting what you need to get done, done, because, you know, you can have a fabulous idea, but if you need certain people to buy into it, sometimes just getting to those people can be challenging. So if you have a connection that can provide a warm introduction, it really makes a difference. I would say even for like recruiting for my company, I, I really appreciate personal recommendations, right? Like we have a lot of people that will apply for jobs um, you know, that all like, you know, vet through like online systems where like, you know, you will, I'll take application, but it, it makes a difference when someone's like, Hey, I think this person's really good fit. Um, I think that is helpful. And I definitely think it provides mm-hmm. an edge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, if you trust, someone, especially if it's someone you trust and they're connecting you with someone, it's like, like, I feel so much better when it's <laughs> like, when I'm meeting someone like that, someone I know recommended, um, and I think it goes the, it's the opposite way too. Like, uh, people are going to want references on you if you don't know them. So, yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> hmm. so what would you say right now? Like, what are you, uh, what are you most interested in next in terms of like your startup career and, uh, where you want to take things? I'm honestly just trying to scale at this point. So I think that there's a lot going on in my life. I'm not ready to take anything on, or I just want to, I don't want to say finish because that would imply that there's some end to what I'm doing, which I hope that there's not. Um, you know, I would just like to do what I'm doing right now really well. Um, I'm about two years into my practice and even though I'm only two days a week clinical, I still want to grow it. I'd like to add another doctor to it at some point. Um, you know, I'd like to grow that a little bit more. I'd like to keep seeing my patients. Um, you know, I hope Fem Health becomes a great resource for mm-hmm. um, not just not just the people that who need it, not just for people who need information on gynecologic care, uh, postpartum care, pregnancy care, PMS, all those women's health topics that are not covered widely. Um, I hope that continues to grow. I hope that it also becomes a place where physicians can have a voice and can have that platform to be an expert, right? Because mm-hmm. the experts that are out there, sometimes they don't have time to be on social media because they're like professors at the most prestigious institutions in the country. So they don't always have time to get onto social media or mainstream media and start correcting misinformation. So I hope that FemHealth can provide them with a platform mm. to say what they need to say so that we all can benefit from their expertise. So it's not just about, I mean, it is the primary goal is of course to educate the public, but also a secondary goal is to really give doctors who have, you know, whatever they want to grow, if they want to grow their private practice, if they want to grow their online presence or social media presence, I want to give them a platform to do that where they are promoted, they are heard, they are respected, you know, because unfortunately that doesn't happen 
yeah. that often anymore yeah. in medicine, right? Yeah. And so I want to support my colleagues um, because they're doing the hard work. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. on the front lines in this pandemic. I did open my private practice up about six weeks in, but I wasn't taking anyone that had symptoms of COVID, right? And I, I have a lot of respect for a lot of my colleagues who were in the trenches, who weren't seeing family, who couldn't hug their children. And man, there's still some people that don't believe in vaccines or don't believe in COVID. And that just breaks my heart, right? It just makes me, first it made me angry, but it also just makes me really sad that we commit our lives to this. It's mm-hmm. like really a long road for so many people. And and so many doctors have died for for saving other people. And they're still not respected. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I hope... I hope that I can help that in some way. I don't, you know, I don't know, but I, I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I, I, I think that's, I think that's great. And, uh, I echo, the, <clears throat> I echo that sentiment because I, um, I started this podcast for that exact reason, literally to give doctors a platform because, you know, I started it before podcasts were really that popular about three years ago. And I was like, Hey, let me uh, get my attending on here. Uh, Dr. Johnson, you know, a lot shit let me get you on here let's talk um there's a lot of quacks out there let's uh let's drown out the noise you know um and so that's how it started i wanted to put you know my attendings in the driver's seat and i I wanted to give them a platform because god knows they don't know how to use social media (laughs) Um, and so it started off like that and it, it, it took off and um you know to your point you know uh our attendings and uh doctors and you know people people at you know big institutions that are doing big things they're busy they don't have time to yeah, go on social media so it's exactly but everybody that's everybody doesn't have time and doesn't know like what they're talking about and coming up with conspiracy theories can go and make all these posts and videos yeah. and all this junk and spread it and and so like now it's like a it's like a battle um of information of like you know obviously we're being drowned out because we're actually doing stuff here um so we don't have time to post on social media we don't have time to do these you know share information well you know some of us do and i think what you see on social media is maybe like one percent of the actual physicians out there um and not to mention it's not everyone's thing right so even if you do have time like just not where everyone thrives right it doesn't mean that they're not a brilliant doctor i'm pretty sure that the the surgeon that saved my mom's life is not on any form of social media i'm very confident about that actually yeah um so i i just think that it's um you know it's just it's something that we have to do because it's where the people are um so how do you know people like me and you help our colleagues that whose voices need to be lifted right that that's what that's what yeah that's what i feel like my job is um with with them health specifically how do you how do you think um like tech like because now a lot of uh healthcare professionals physicians are getting involved in tech um there's a growing i i feel like it's like more like i've never noticed like how many people are involved in tech maybe it's because i'm just more involved in it myself now and so i'm like it's become like wow everybody's doing this is this like, do you see this as a growing movement where physicians are taking roles in tech companies and building, you know, being more involved in the leadership and being advisors, things like that? Because I didn't even know about this like three years ago. Yeah, I I think that people are looking to diversify because I think that 
one, uh, they're a little probably overwhelmed with this current state of medicine. Um, we talk about burnout a lot, but I also think that um, it provides some variety in what you do, right? So it's it's great. I love having the mix of clinical and also the other work that I do in, in tech and innovation. I also think that it's needed. So, you know, why do we have a non-expert, um, you know, and there's so many people, right? The, the leaders of the biggest healthcare companies in the world are often not physicians, right? They're somebody else. So I, I hope that more and more physicians start to harness those other sides of themselves and start to um, think differently, right? And I think they're all capable. I just think that we've been trained to think a certain way. So it's obviously all these doctors are very smart. So it's just a matter of training the brain to think differently. It took me years to figure it out, um, but it's, it's definitely something that's doable. I think that, yeah, more people are gonna do it. Also, now the way, now the way the systems are, it's much more, uh, it's, excuse me, it's, it's easier to start something on your own, right? Like six years ago, I remember I was literally doing a day long course on how to use WordPress because that was like one of the only sites available to actually build your own website. Yeah. And I was like, this is like too well, complicated for me. Yeah. I tried that too. Um, it was terrible. So, you know, now there's like Wix and Squarespace and maybe Squarespace, I think, did it exist then, but I think it didn't have as much functionality as it does now. But now you literally can build a really powerful online presence, you know, just with these like plug and play tools, which really didn't exist before. So a lot of these doctors who had an interest are now like, well, I actually have a way to pursue this um, at a pretty low cost of entry. So that I think has changed a lot of things. Um, And I think more people should do it because why not? You know, why not? You don't have to only do medicine just because you have a medical degree. I think you should still do it. Um, But maybe you want to scale back a little bit. Yeah. Um, Especially now with like all these, like the no code, like you can build like an app pretty easily now, like with bubble and things like that. And um so yeah, you know, everything is becoming easier and it's becoming uh, empowering for people, like not only from building tech standpoint, but just in terms of like physician uh, private practice, like now technology is making it easier for you to start your own practice. Um, it's making, uh, it's making like the overhead lower for starting a practice. Um, I think we're like, we're, we're going into like, a, <laughs> it's really fun. It's really interesting and exciting to see all of this happening. Um, and I think that this is going to be a big catalyst for, uh, the change in healthcare that we all want and that we are all hoping to see. Um, I think that's why a lot of us are doing this because we're just fed up with what we see in practice and we are disgusted (laughs) because it's, it's honestly so discouraging. Uh, like I used to hear about it when I was a med student or like a pre-med I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And then like you get into residency and like you're in practice and you see all your doctor friends burnt out. You're like, shit, what did I sign up for? Um, (laughs) well, you know, I guess the disappointing news is I don't think being an entrepreneur is, I actually think being an entrepreneur is super hard because your work never ends, right? Like at least when I come home from the office and seeing patients for the most part, 
you know, I'm done with my day for the most part. I mean, I'm not done with my day because I've been having 90 other things to do. But when I wasn't doing 90 other things, I'd come home and I'd be sort of done with my day and I could really relax. I could, you know, watch TV or whatever else I wanted to do. Um, and I don't think that happens when you're an entrepreneur. The reward is amazing in the sense that you're just so invested and so passionate about what you do. And I get like so excited yeah. when I have... Um, like even any small victory, I just get so excited. It's, um, you know, it's a different feeling, but being an entrepreneur is really hard. Being a successful one's even harder. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, enter at your own risk, I guess. Is, <laughs> is the, uh, you know, cause you really have to get into it, right? Like you can't just. Yeah. Well, you have to, it. you have to be passionate about it. I think for sure. Like, there's, yeah, you know, you have you to have, have a to reason. be your biggest cheerleader and you have to be your biggest believer all the time. <laughs> what, do you, what do you look for in people when you're seeing when someone's telling you an idea or when you're someone's pitching you something uh, like what are you looking for in people when they're talking about their startup ideas to you? So a lot of people talk talk about their ideas with me. Um, I like it when people do something right. So I have had many experiences where I have had. Um, I actually had one person who uh, kept coming back to me month after month after month, like, Hey, I think I want to sign up for your, you know, your course. Hey, I think I want to you know, sign up for your bootcamp. And it was just like the same thing every month. And I'm like, dude, either do it or don't do it, but please stop talking about it. Like, you know what I mean? And like, I could tell that they were very like conflicted and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, they didn't want to, you know, pay or if they didn't want to commit or if they didn't have the time or if they were scared. And I don't know what it was, but I, I can tell you that in the seven to nine months that they lost, um, just pinging me for literally a, almost, you know, a year, um, I kind of, I wrote them off, you know, it's kind of like, dude, you're never going to start anything. Like if you can't make the decision to just even like come and learn, like, how are you ever going to start something? Like, you're just, you're not. So unfortunately, I think that you need to do something, right? I have another. Yeah. What do you think person. it is that stops people from taking that step? Like, do you. I think time is one of them. I really yeah. think time is one of them. Because I have a friend who has a pretty great idea. And he's talked to me about it a lot. But he hasn't done anything about it. But, mm -hmm. you know, he also has a very busy practice. He has an active family life. And, um I think it's really hard when you have a busy and profitable day job to take time away from that to then pursue an idea where you're like, well, there's just no way this is going to make me as much money yeah. that my day job is my day job. Right. And I think as a doctor, that's one of the challenges because doctors, a lot of doctors, not all doctors, but a lot of doctors have fairly lucrative jobs. Um, so unless you're like living, you know, in in New York, Boston, or DC, like us, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and your cost of living is an exorbitant, you live a pretty good life as a physician in most parts of the world, right? In most mm -hmm. parts of the country, because cost of living is, is reasonable. Um, you make a good salary. So I think it's hard to justify um, taking time away from what is actually bringing you revenue, like guaranteed mm -hmm. income to work on something, right? So I think that for him, I think specifically it's time, but I also think for some people, for this other particular person, I don't think it was time. I just think it was like just general 
lack of certainty and yeah. and and yeah i think uh, I, I will tell you there's a lot of people that have also um you know taken uh one of my courses i actually gave one of my courses to another friend of mine um this is my telemedicine course this is which is no longer available i don't i don't do that anymore but i i was teaching telemedicine until the pandemic like basically until about six months ago and I actually gave my telemedicine course to one of my, you know, pretty good friends for, for free, obviously, because he's a very good friend of mine. And every single friend of mine that I've actually given the course to for free has never actually finished it. Yeah. So, so I don't know, you know, I don't really know. I think you it's very You things you don't pay for. <laughs> well, there's that, there yeah. is that, but there's also people that have paid that haven't finished it. So I don't know. I really don't know. I think you have to be very resolute in your mind as to what, and I've been guilty of it too. I have definitely signed up for, I signed up for an Amy Porterfield class that I paid for. And, um, it took me like legit a year to get around to, um, doing it. And I will tell you if I wasn't so, um, hell bent on finishing it because I was like, man, I paid for this. And I always talk about how people don't start what they finish and that how that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, <laughs> I'm going to like, I'm going to do it. But yeah, I do think when you pay for things, you certainly are more invested in them. Um, you know, I think that's definitely an added benefit. Um, but I also just think that you need time, right? Like you just need yeah. time and commitment and, and you're going to have to cut something out, whether that's sleep, whether it's socializing, whether it's, time from your day job like something is going to have to give in your current situation um you know so for me it's sleep <laughs> yeah um but yeah i don't know i don't really know i think that the only person that can answer that question as to why you haven't tried something or why you haven't done something that you have been thinking about like very consciously thinking about not just like in passing like oh i'm going to do this like i know these people that i described we're very intensely thinking about these things just from the sheer amount of times they talk to me about it. You know, what is it for you? You're the only person who can answer that. Like, are you afraid that if you do it and it doesn't become successful, you've wasted time and money? Maybe that's it, you know? But I, I look at it from the flip side, which is like, wow, you just lost a year of being able to build this, right? Like any, yeah. you know, if there's one thing I could tell people, and this is something I've learned myself is every business takes time. There are very few overnight successes, right? So every day that you wait, you're just put prolonging potential success, right? It's just because visibility takes time. It takes time for you to figure out how to do things. It takes time for you to make business connections. It takes time. Yeah. And so you have to just start, like, even yeah. if it's just a landing page, even if it's just five people on an email list. Like you have to start from something like, yeah. you know, I remember the day when Fem Health's Instagram following was five people and it was like a shitty feeling. You're like, Oh, look, I have to now build this. And yeah. I hate that it. it's five people. It just yeah. annoys me, you know, but now it's over 5,000, you know, and that's, yeah. to me, that's like a huge win. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's yeah. individual. I think you have to take a hard look at yourself and think, where, why haven't I started this? Is it because yeah, I can't consistently yeah. commit half an hour, an hour every day? Is it because I'm 
you know, just not ready. I mean, what is, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think there's something really important in that. And this is a lesson I learned a long time ago. Um, and something I learned with this podcast, actually, um, <clears throat> like there's a saying like that goes like the best time to plant the seed was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, man, that is so true because, you know, I, when I first started this, I only did it one or two hours a week, but I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to start it off one or two hours a week. But that time compounds for yeah. like whatever reason you just, that time is like the most important, that time and consistency is the most important thing in anything. So like for me now, like it's just ingrained in my head that I don't wait. I just go like, like whatever, like whatever I can get to stick, I'm just going to start doing something, even if it's a little bit at a time, because I know that that time, like even if I, even if I just did this a couple hours a week over months, like I'll be in a much better place. And for me, that's always proven to be like the best thing. Um, and like, I'm lucky that I learned that lesson with, with this, because I noticed, I noticed that it just, it gave me such an edge that I started early. I think starting early is like, whether it's on anything, like you get on any new social media platform, like Clubhouse now, uh, you know, like you're one of the first people on there, you build a platform pretty quickly, even if you're just hosting one or tw once or twice a week, like, you know, like, because everybody else in a couple of months is going to hop on and you already got something going for you. I love Clubhouse, by the way, I you would can. actually strongly recommend if well, you just want talk about Clubhouse now. I know. <laughs> Podcast is over. Let's talk about Clubhouse. Um, so yeah, oh, I you know what we should have done. We should have just we should have did this on Clubhouse. Oh, we could have. We can yeah, do another. We, one. Yeah, we can do another time. Yeah. Yeah, we can. I love to talk. So <laughs> that's actually why I love Clubhouse because these other forms of social media are not my thing. Like I actually love to converse and talk, and that's my best medium for sharing what I like to do. Um, I actually am not. I don't really thrive on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and I always feel like I can never find anything quite funny enough to say on Twitter or quite like quippy enough. So yeah. I kind of <laughs> tend to stay away from Twitter. Um, or I like, I do a lot of retweeting. Uh, yeah. I'm like, that sounds good. I'm going to retweet that. So yeah. And Instagram, I mean, like, look at me. I mean, you're looking at me right now. I haven't showered. It's 4 PM. I've got these like this postpartum hair growth going on where I look like I've been <laughs> electrocuted. I literally look like I've been electrocuted. Um, I like, so, you know, Instagram certainly not going to be my forte where I have to actually put up a nice picture of myself. Um, and no one's on Facebook anymore. Like Facebook, I mean, like you are, but you're not, it's like groups only, which I actually appreciate, but yeah. So clubhouse for me, it was just like, yes, like this is my jam. Yeah. Talk about um, important stuff for once. Yeah. It's actually, yeah. it's, I've actually learned a lot on clubhouse. I've, I've connected with someone. I have like an awesome meeting next week with a pretty big company, um, executive at a company. I was in the same room as them. And, uh, you know, they started following me and we started following each other on Twitter and Love it. ended up direct messaging. And I was like, I have a meeting with them next week. I was like, this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so many people have helped me on clubhouse. Like I've networked with so many people, I was, you know, telling everybody my idea, you know, telling what, what, what I'm working on. People just want to help. And yeah. those people like have so much experience and have guided me in ways that like, like, man, I would have made so many bad mistakes. So by now, um, yeah, totally. And it's like that guidance is so important, man. It's so, so important, but clubhouse is great. You just get on, you go up, ask a question and, uh, you know, build a relationship with someone and what's you know, your handle on there? Uh, Dr. Dot Rami. Okay. I think we follow yeah. each other already. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, 
you know, I had a meeting yesterday with, uh, or not yesterday, two days ago with Sumeya. I've been gone on. She like hosts all the startup club or a lot of startup clubs. She gave me, a, uh, you know, she spent like 30 minutes with me just going over my business plan. And I was like, wow, thank you. You know, pointed out things that I never saw. Um, and like, for me, that's so valuable. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think next time we got to do this over clubhouse. We gotta, we gotta do a live one. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm down hundred percent. Um, is there anything else you want me to sort of summarize or, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you want to just, uh, you know, parting words for a physician entrepreneur, what would they be? My parting words would be that, uh, you can do it. Um, you're, I think medical school is pretty hard, so you made it through that. You can probably become an entrepreneur. Um, just do it right. Don't be wishy-washy. Like you can't, you can't be wishy-washy because th this is just the beginning of the amount of, uh, this is just the beginning of a long list of decisions you're going to have to make. So, you know, you, you got to be in or out um, because after that, it's going to be like, Oh, what color should my website be? What should my logo be? What should my trademark, you know, and you're just going to have to make decisions all day long. So, um, and there's going to be no decision like how it's a decision in medicine where you're like, oh, I have to make a decision on what treatment plan. And there's like a definitive guide to how you should choose a treatment plan for someone because there's first line treatment and second line treatment and third line treatment. Um, this is not that way, right? You just are going to have to make decisions and you're just going to have to go with your gut or, you know, some kind of data driven decision. Hopefully, if you can find data to drive your decision in certain certain places, but just do it, just start and um, don't get stuck and, oh, well, you're going to get stuck, but don't get stuck on starting, right? Like you can make a landing page, you can make a website, you can, you know, run ads. Like these are all things that are very much in your capacity since you went to medical school and you're obviously smart enough to become a doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, these are things that you can do. You just, you just have to literally just do it. I mean, you just have to sit down at a computer and you have to just do it. Um, and that is my advice is just sit down at a computer, go to wix.com or squarespace.com or MailChimp and just do something, do anything, yeah. just do something. Even if it's like, oh, I'm gonna make a fake company today. You know, if you wanna make a fake company, go ahead and make a fake company today. Let's see, let's see <laughs> what you can do, right? Cause yeah. it's just, you gotta get comfortable and just accept that it's gonna really be, trying for a little while and mm -hmm. and i still like we, before we act i don't know if we were actually recording or not but i i still have just as many challenges number wise as i did six seven years ago when i started they're just there's different challenges right there's just i didn't know how to start in the beginning right now i'm like well i'm learning now how to scale right so yeah. that's like that's the process that i'm going through now is learning a different thing yeah. is just, how to scale, how to make mm -hmm. operations so that things are, you know, scalable. Yeah. So I'm not doing everything myself. Um, so they're just like different elements that you're going to learn along the way. Um, yeah. And nothing's lost really, right? I mean, you're gaining all of these skills, like you building these companies, you've learned so much and you have such, you know, skills now that are extremely valuable, especially with, especially to other companies or other tech companies. And you're a physician on top of that, like that makes like you're learning, you're gaining skills. It's not, even if you fail, me, you'll learn I a lot. 
to me, I looked at this like an MBA. I was like, okay, like yeah. I basically. It's better basically than an MBA. A, way better. <laughs> like you're doing real well, world experience. Way better. I'm still having a little trouble with certain parts of my bookkeeping, but I have an accountant that helps me with that. But yeah. but yeah, so well, actually I don't even know. Some MBAs don't focus on that. So um, I think it depends on the focus of your MBA. But yeah, so that's kind of how I looked at it. I was like, okay, this is my crash course. Um, well, not really crash because it took 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 a few years. But, um, you know, I think that that's the way I looked at it. That, okay, you know, I learned so much, right? Like, you you just got to do it. That's just do it. That's, that's yeah. the bottom line. Just do it. <laughs> do something. Do something, yeah. right? Like, even this is if the you Nike can't... knockoff. Just do something. Yeah do something don't do it just do something just do something you know well i just feel like people get overwhelmed by like oh i'm not gonna be able to build this company right so just take a bite-sized piece of that and do something like if you're listening put up your can we trademark that can we trademark that yeah just that's like that should be the covid logo like just shower like yeah just shower like i can't even follow that like it's a huge problem i'm gonna have to go shower actually it's hilarious. <laughs> My husband's gonna be home soon. He's gonna be like, I, he's gonna be shaking his head. He's like, I can't believe you haven't showered yet. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. All right, well, where can where can people connect with you and like and learn more about what you do and you know find out about find out about your course that you're now doing? Um, yeah, the best way to connect with me, honestly, is Instagram because I check those DMs pretty frequently. So it's just at doctor.saya. Um, I am also on Clubhouse, uh, same thing, at doctor.saya, doctor spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R dot S-A-Y-A. Um, you can't message on Clubhouse, so, you know, best to connect on both places. And um, if you are interested in anything women's health related or you have a practice that you want to highlight, or if you have a social media profile that you want to raise, you know, we are definitely all about supporting that in women's health topics. So anything from really anything from pregnancy to mental health, to PMS, to postpartum, to hair loss, to beauty, to skin, anything if it has maybe a heart disease, you know, every, everything really affects women and there's always a different spin on it. So you can also reach out to us at Fem Health Project, which is F-E-M-H-E-A-L-T-H-P-R-O-J-E-C-T, um, which is also on Instagram as well. So um, if you just find me, it's all linked in my bio too. But yeah, I, I love connecting with other physicians. I think it's really interesting to hear people's stories and um, and hear their ideas and um, hopefully, hopefully help them. And then, and then if you connect with me on Instagram, I can send you the link. Like I said, I don't do it that often. So there's like a link once every, like you're coming to my course on Sunday. So mm-hmm. there's a link every, every couple months. We'll probably do another one in April, I think, or, or May, something like that. That's awesome. And it's great that you're so responsive. It's like, that's a skill in itself, <laughs> to be honest. Well, that's yeah. okay. If we can add one more last bit of advice that I sort of realized about running a business, there is the, there's like running the day to day, right? Just, just to keep your shit alive, right? Just to keep <laughs> what you have made going. And then there's the growth, right? And separating those out and having time in the day for both is a skill that I have just mastered, which is like, okay, these two hours in my day are to like, just keep the stuff that I've got going that's going well going, right? Because that's that needs maintenance and nurturing. And then there's this new stuff that I want to help me grow. And that needs my time and attention too. So just being able to divide your time because 
there would be days where I like, wouldn't respond to an email because I just was be working on new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. Right. Oh, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. my like old stuff that was actually doing well, um, but I wasn't nurturing it. So mm. it's the mat, it's mastering that balance because as you grow, which is actually a good problem to have, right? Like, cause you're in the beginning when you're kind of like, you're, it's like crickets. You're like waiting for someone to buy a product or you're waiting for something, to, someone to do something on your site. Right. So that's like the beginning phase where you're like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. I have way too much time on my hands. Um, but then now I'm in this phase where I have no time on my hands. I'm trying to master just, you know, continuing the maintenance of what's going well and then actually trying to scale into new projects. So that is something that I, I mean, I guess I knew in theory, but I wasn't, in it until I was in it, you know, in the past year, year and a half. So that's something to keep in mind. Your problems are going to change. Hopefully mm-hmm. they'll change. Hopefully they'll be good problems, like problems of scale and problems of growth, but your problems will change. That's for sure. Interesting. So just real quick, are you just blocking out time now? Like do you schedule the time ahead of, ahead of time to do certain yeah, things? Yeah, I do. I block off time. Um, I also, um, I also have, help now right so i have people that help me with certain things like i don't do as much of my social media as i used to um because that's sort of on autopilot we have a ton of contributors now so um i have a a lot of my maintenance is done by my team um and then i still try to respond to as many emails personally as i can because i think that makes a difference um and when you hear a lot of books on how CEOs scaled their companies and um, Mark Benioff and how he started. If you listen to the book, um, the God, I forgot the name of the book, but it's on Salesforce. It's by Mark Benioff. He said that he would respond to clients' emails, right? As a CEO and clients would be like, oh, wow, that's like pretty amazing. So, um, so I really try to connect with my community as much as I can because I do think that's important. Um, I also think that as a leader of something, it keeps you connected to why you have done something, right? So we have like a, a free PCOS panel coming up with a dermatologist, an endocrinologist, and an REI doctor. And I have had a flood of messages from our community saying, thank you so much for doing this. Like there's such a dearth of knowledge in this area. I don't know anything about PCOS and I've been struggling with it for years. And so like, it was very important to me, um, not just from like a business standpoint, but just from like a, a standpoint of like, this is why I did this. Like, this is the core of my mission, which is getting people information they need from doctors, from experts, right? So I responded to every single one of those messages and just doing that took me three hours, right? Like, cause we have 500 people signed up for the event. So I had to send 500 messages back. So um, that, that was a choice that I made to do that. But like that reinstilled my passion for what I'm doing because I'm like, wow, this is actually, I'm actually connecting with someone who's like, who's directly being affected by what I did. And that, that's a really good feeling, right? It's a really good feeling to say, I I decided that this is what I was going to do. I did it. And now I'm actually connecting with the end user who's telling me that it's helpful. So to me, that just like came full circle. Um, and then of course, like it builds rapport, right? Like now, now they'll go and tell their friend that, Hey, like if you have any health questions, check this out, right? Like they are really trying to do something different here. And so, um, yeah. So I think that 
you're going to, you're going to still, I don't think that as big as your company may get, I think that you still need to be sort of connected to that mission. And that Mm -hmm. mission is really about the person who's going to be affected at the very, at the very end of the, whatever chain or whatever you want to call it. Um, And I think it was even Jeff Bezos that said, like, I'm very scared of, he's like, I'm not scared of, you know, my investors. He's like, I'm scared of my customer. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was like, I'm very scared of my customer. Right. He's like, Mm -hmm. that's who I am here to serve. Um, And so I think you just need to keep that in mind that who is, who are you here to serve and always keep them in mind. Um, I think it can get hard when you get in the weeds and you're again, having showered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, people are gonna think I'm gross now. <laughs> like, no, oh, she she looks start. very presentable, guys. Trust. Yeah, okay, I, I, I don't <laughs> actually. But, um, my Instagram says otherwise. Those are like I think all my Instagram photos. I'm like three days. I'm like, all right, let's just, let's get them in. Let's get them in because I'm gonna look pretty terrible for the next three weeks. Um, so yeah, I think that don't ever get so big that you're you forget about that, yeah. right? Like that's, I mean, that's you, you lose the passion then you got to stay connected to your mission and what you're doing it for. And that's what gives you that energy on it. For me, it's what gives me energy when I'm working on something. It's like, if I forget about why I'm doing it, then it's yeah. just like another one of those. I think that's happened in residency, honestly. Like I, yeah. I forget why I'm doing it all the time. And it, yeah. that's been a it, big struggle. It's hard. It's hard because there's so many other things that are involved and you don't see the benefit or like you don't get that, I don't want to say benefit, but you don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling from everything that you do that still needs to be done to provide the end result that's necessary. Right. And so when I, and maybe it was even a little selfish that when I was getting all this positive feedback about the PCOS event that I had organized and that is coming up in March, I was like, oh man, like this is awesome. I can't believe that this is getting such a fantastic response. Right. And so maybe it was a little bit of even just like selfishness of being like wanting that like positive feedback. Um, because when you sit and build landing pages and, you know, write email after email and like are on Canva till your head explodes, like you're not really getting any positive feedback. So when you get it, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to respond to every single one of these messages. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I do know that it felt nice. It felt nice to, to do something that is going to help someone and actually be able to connect with that person that it's going to help. Like that felt good. And, um, and, you know, I think that, I think that's what it's all about, you know, love it. And, and then that makes it, then that's when you stop thinking about, Oh my God, how am I going to make this profitable? Oh my God, how am I going to sustain this? Oh my God, how am I going to pay the bills? Right. Like for that brief moment in time, you're just kind of like, I'll figure it out. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like I know this is, I know this is onto something, so I'll figure out the rest, but the rest of the time you're kind of worried, right? You're like, mm, there goes more money into something that's not making money. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so I think it's nice to just have that, um, that ability to reconnect with the mission and, and reset you and say, okay, this is, this is good. This is a good thing we're doing here. Yeah. You can totally, totally connect with that. Um, and that's a, that's a good, that's a good, I think that's a good, uh, thing to keep in mind and a good reminder for all of us. Like, even if you're not an entrepreneur, like remember why you're doing something, you know, remember your mission, remember why you went to medical school or nursing school or PA school or whatever it is. There's a reason behind it. So 
connect to that <laughs> i think yeah. you'll always do well if you do that yeah definitely definitely yeah well dr sai thank you so much um this has been a lot of fun and i hope that we can connect again like maybe on clubhouse uh and just uh, yeah let's definitely we should touch. definitely have some room together definitely i'm that down that would be awesome thanks for having me definitely okay bye